I'm the mighty Manfred, and it's a very, very special Coolest Conversations today because joining me is lead singer extraordinaire Jimmy Sons of the Shadows of Night. How are you, Jimmy? I'm good. How are you? It's very hot in Chicago. It's probably hot there, too. Oh, yeah. Well, it is. It, it, warm, it gets warm in the later, latter part of the day. Now, you were yeah. just you were 16 years old when the Shadows of Night formed. Is that right? No, that's I was 17, just turning 18. All right. And how did you wind up being the lead singer? Uh, by default, I did. <laughs> no, the, I joined a band that was a first music band. that didn't have a bass player or a singer. And they are called the Montclairs. And then we changed the names to the Shadows. And I added a bass player and myself at the same time. We both came out of the Prostrate High School marching band. <laughs> <laughs> I was a sax player and Wayne Purcell. We, you know, there wasn't, there weren't a whole lot of musicians there. So I said to Wayne, I said, well, will your parents buy you a box T60 bass and an amp? And he said, yeah. I said, well, you're the bass player. <laughs> and, and it was mostly us to rust. There wasn't other bands around, only a couple of surf music bands here and there. Uh, there was, uh, you know, the beginning of the, uh, British invasion, and we were one of the first American bands around doing it. Well, uh, did I hear you right? Did you say that you were you had played saxophone? Yeah, saxophone, flute, clarinet, and oboe for fourteen years. Did, you never played any sax in the Shadows of Night, though, nope. right? Nope, never. I played harmonica a little bit, but Joe Kelly and Thomas Ford both played a harmonica. So I was dominically third chair, so. I just uh, gave it up for the powers to be. I just worked on uh, singing and uh, communicating with people and wiggling. <laughs> well, that's that's very important. You know, uh, but mentioning um, the band formings coming out of the, the British Invasion is just, is just getting off the ground. Uh, you know, about half the debut album, Gloria, features you guys playing blues songs or at least artists that were on chess records. You mentioned, uh, you know, being there in Chicago, that's home to chess. How did you guys know those songs? Uh, some of them we kind of knew, uh, you know, as like a folk hero guy himself, Willie Dixon, Muddy Waters, Howlin' Wolf, um, Jimmy Reed. We snuck in a place on the south side. Yeah. And I met Muddy Waters years later. I wanted to be a sound man for him. And he said, I remember you. And he says, you're lucky you didn't get killed coming down the south side that time. I that kind of thing. I said, yeah, I know. I was a long-haired, blonde woman, so I was one of the only people in there that wasn't black, but we always got along, and um, we just picked up on things, and there was a lot of stuff on those first two albums, you know, the spoonfuls on, on the first two before Cream had it, and we just thought it was the right thing to do. Well, you had... Uh Instead of uh, life experience generating blues, you had teen angst expressed through with the yeah, frustration. Right. I was once called a over-testastily driven teen skirt chaser. <laughs> so you were playing, uh, you mentioned there weren't a lot of bands uh, in, in your area at the time, and you were playing as uh, teen clubs, and there were like hundreds of kids showing up there when you guys were playing, right? Well, yeah, and... Uh, there were no teen clubs at the beginning when we first started rehearsing. The okay. cellar, our teen club, was the first one. 
it was up to the you know the basketball game. So, so we decided we couldn't play basketball when we could play music. So that led us on. So your biggest hit, Gloria, that was done first by them. Uh, whose idea? That was, was them. That was them's B side. We right. already did Big Please Don't Go. So it, uh, it was natural to flip it over. And I liked the song, and it had a, a magical deal with it. Of course, we, we played with the strumming and closed the, the fourth chord, the open chord. Mm-hmm. So um, it made ours a little bit more rhythmic, and we just uh, hit with it. You know, it was, it was probably a sixth or seventh song we ever learned how to play. We had uh, stone songs and animals and kinks and yardbirds. Um, when I was in uh, New York uh, a couple of weeks ago, which was a very successful deal at the Cunning Room, uh, we got a really good write-up, and a couple of guys from the Yardbirds were there. And uh, I've always been close with Jim McCarty, so it was kind of nice that I got to show off a little. Well, in Gloria, is that, that the song that got you signed to Dunwich Records? Yeah, actually, oh yeah, it was. Really? And oh yeah, we wanted oh yeah to be first and Gloria second, because oh yeah sold a half a million, and if we, uh, you know, it, it'd be a very much more remembered hit if it had been first and then Gloria came, but you know, rock and roll been pretty good to me. I can't <laughs> complain about it. Wow, so I've all, I've always wondered uh, well the what the decision was to have oh yeah as the uh, as a follow up. You know those. The songs after that, too, were just so uh, killer. I don't think the, they get enough uh, recognition. Um, you know, Gloria has... Well, make your mind. Make, I'm going to make your mind. What would have been the biggest song. Uh, it came out and now sold Gloria in the first month. And then they, um, ABC and Drake format channels banned it. Because they, I said, I believe in me. Uh, that's how I let them not take it. You're going to give... And uh, I'm going to make you, and then I didn't say mine once. So they took it to think that we were promoting, forcing girls to do something. Are they kidding? I was so lazy. I had a talk about it, doing everything, you know. <laughs> oh, I was man. a lady's first guy. But I have to say, uh, I'm going to make you mine. That is one of my absolute garage rock favorite yeah. songs of all and time. And we actually... I don't, you probably don't know this. We cut that at twenty one twenty South Michigan, just studios. Well, I know it's not because on the um, it's not on the Backdoor Man album like uh, uh, you know the the B side. I'll make you sorry or the previous single. Did, yeah. Did, did you record yeah. all those yeah. tracks at at Chess or not? No, we just recorded the fast version of Mojo. I got my Mojo working. Uh-huh. The one that has the uh, harp all through it. And Joe Kelly actually didn't play guitar. He just played harp on it. And that was when Hawk was, had come into the band uh-huh. to replace Warren Rogers. And he played bass. And it was so fast. Uh, when I listen to it now, I think, what was I thinking? But, you know. <laughs> well, I'm going to make you mine. You've got the, the top of the song is just that killer uh, fuzz happening there. Who, who was playing uh, guitar at the time? On that, uh, that was Kelly and uh, Joe okay. Kelly and and Jerry McGeorge, and actually, that was the first time I ever got a little chance to twirl the knobs in the studio. That was uh, our producer went to eat lunch, 
And they said, see you in 20 minutes. I said, yeah, see you an hour and a half, because that's how they were. <laughs> and we cut those two songs without them and came back there. What's this noise-sounding thing? I said, it's what it's going to be. <laughs> that's what it is. It's what it's going to be. And uh, oh, we're happy with it. And so, um, and it came out, like I said, it, it sold so fast. And then they bothered to listen to it, and um, they cut it off, so. Oh man, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm I got tears welling up because I've never heard that story, yeah. and that's such a killer song. Yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah, and, uh, and then that was the uh, the next one after that. Um, going to have the horns on it, uh, someone like me. Yeah, which was done by the same horn guys that Bimmy Shimmy was at the same time. Um, that was the last thing we recorded, single we recorded for Dunwich. Uh, yeah. Then I decided that I wanted to be doing this the rest of my life and nobody else worried about it. So uh, because of artistic differences with our, we'll call it, we'll, we'll say they had their head up their butt, but <laughs> artistic differences with our producers, who were also our managers, I just said, I'm, I, can, I think I can do this. I'm not sure, but you're all fired. And one of I could do it because I trademarked the name Shadows of Night. Uh-huh. So, and Shadows. We weren't the Shadows of Night at first. We were the Shadows right. for almost a year. And then when we added uh, the, the Joe Kelly and Jeremy George, we turned into Shadows of Night because they said we had to change our name or uh, we'd be sued. And that wasn't true. All we would have had to been was the American Shadows. Right. But what are you what are you gonna do? You know, they're supposed to know better, but they didn't. Then I went out and I got another major national recording contract with Team Records Buddha Kama Sutra with Jerry and Jeff Jerry Katz. Those two Kat, guys, Kat. Katz and Kaz what was uh you know, they do a lot at that time they were doing all this uh, bubblegum kind of flavored stuff, nineteen ten fruit gum company, Ohio Ex- Express. And I, yeah, I, 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 had the, stuff like, I had the I had the like working I with had them? the pleasure of being there one of their studio guys. I recorded most yeah. of those songs. I'm on the background and I sing the, the scratch tracks on the vocals and then they got different guys. You sing them and uh it can't really argue with its success. They had sold about twenty million records in three years. But they were supposed to leave us alone. Shake um, didn't have that keyboard on it. It had guitars, you know. That's what we were always known for that. Right. They put the keyboard on it and it came out the first time we flew into Detroit to lip sync. They played the record and we didn't move our arms or anything. And they play and we said, and they said, how how does it feel to have a song that charts after the year? I said, I never heard that song before in my life. <laughs> and and we laughed, but uh, we got used to it. You know, it didn't sell over a million, so away we went. Hey, you know, before we move along in the career, um, I wanted to point out another th- uh, another uh, uh, track that I liked uh, before you had you had head out of uh, town from Chicago to New York. I know it's a, a goofy thing, but. Uh, it's definitely my favorite snack food rock and roll song, that pota- potato chip tune for the uh, Fairmont uh, <laughs> brand potato chips. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, actually. That, you know, uh, that's like a collector's thing, and I think Sundays maybe stuck it on the back of a 45 later on. Uh, do you ever. I think they might have put it on the mojo thing. 
Did no, we know? never have. We never have played that except that one time. <laughs> so that was, was, it, the, was that a drag to record, or or was it a fun a fun day to 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 do a good? It was fun. It was it was because I couldn't stop laughing. It took about fifteen takes, and I never took more than two takes on anything in my life. Right. But I kept laughing, and uh, we finally had to clear the studio for everybody because. We wrote the music, and but they gave us the words, and you know, I, you know, I said a lot of things to describe the way a woman would touch me, but never. She swoops when she grips, gets her grip on my crunchy, munchy potato chip. Wow! <laughs> you know that. There you go. Well, that's little Elvis is a new meeting. Little Elvis has never called potato chip before. That's because it's a total new meeting. But you can vouch for Fairmont. They they were crunchy, munchy potato chips. Yes, they were, and uh, I didn't see a fair amount of data chip for the longest time until we got out into Nebraska and Iowa, uh-huh. uh, where the, a lot of them were. I know they were east, too, but that's where they were. Uh, at that time, when that came out, we were we were um, the walling crowds with our version of Hey Joe, which All was right. way before Hendrix, and probably the leaves and the birds had it. But we had that East Indian Raga stuff in the middle. And, yeah. Uh, I, uh, matter of fact, I did it for the first time in 30 years while I was in New York um, at the cutting room. I saw that clip. It really went over well. It really went over well. So it's back in the, uh, the set list now? Yeah, along with I got Michael Weber playing. Michael Weber is a, uh, just an incredible, talented kid. He's 19, so they kind of kid me. I had an 18-year-old drummer, a 22-year-old bass player in him, and they said, it's, it's Pops Rock, the grandfather of Garage Rock, and it's kids. <laughs> hey, that but thing they're, really, they're really good. I, I, it sounds great. Now, are those guys going to be playing with you in, uh, in, uh, tonight in Portland? Uh, no, they're not. Yeah. Uh, they're, one of them is in high school still. And one and the other two just got out of high school. No, I'm playing with a band called the Reverberations, which is a big, uh, big, uh, big deal in in the Portland area uh, as class bracket. So I sent them like 15 songs, and we're doing them. Well, excellent. Well, I I look forward to seeing your uh, you perform with your young guys because you know. This uh, this music was first done by uh, by you know, by young guys, and I, it's got to be pretty exhilarating to have that that same well, uh, that same know, energy again on stage. Oh yeah, it was, it was really something. At first, uh, when we first started rehearsing, I thought I'd have to bring a medic along, but <laughs> <laughs> I made it. Corman, bring me some oxygen. Um, if anybody wants to, uh, the, the version is on YouTube. Uh, it's uh, Shadows of Night live from Sellersville, which is outside of Philadelphia. It is an incredible version, and it's had, it had over 5,000 hits on it in three weeks. So I guess we still do it pretty good. You do, of course. So in the late, then there's a, a famous story here I want us to touch on in case, uh, you know, we, we move on to something else uh, that's pretty well known. In fact, um, I was talking with... Uh, our engineer Dennis, uh, right before we, we got you on the line, and uh, he had mentioned to one of our other DJs, uh, Michael DeBar, that 
we would be talking, and the first thing Michael said was, oh, yeah, uh, Jimmy Sons, he punched out Sid Vicious one time. So, uh, that I did. So uh, what happened exactly? I was in San Francisco, uh, which is an alternative punk band from uh, the late um, 70s, early 80s, had some hits in England. And I was reminiscing at the time at being in, Jorge was in a raw in, in New York. And I knew through uh, personal contact with Seika and Tracy Lawrence, we won't get too much into that, uh, but I had a lot of contact with those two, shall we say. They recorded a lot of Sulia Serotica there. Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of thinking about that between songs. And then a big skirmish broke out from the stage, and this idiot, who turned out to be Sid Vicious, broke a Heineken bottle in half and, and uh, shoved it into Todd Smith, Patty Smith's brother's face. So I jumped out of the booth, I ran up there, and everybody was yelling, Sid didn't do it, Sid didn't do it, and I said, uh, you know, and he was still holding in the beer bottle, and I looked at him, and I said, put the bottle down, asshole, and he spit at me. And I did the next all-American red blood thing, I punched his lights out. And uh, so then, there I was, I had, you know, the collar of my t-shirt on, he got a hold of it and ripped it. He bled all over me. I had all his blood on me. And I, the things calmed down. I look up and their escape is going. And my road manager and son of man, Jimmy Sands, made this hit galactically famous. And that was, and I was going, no, I, you don't bring me up now. And, but I went up with the blood all over me and a shirt hanging. And somebody got some pictures of it. And the next day it was in the, in the newspaper, an old punk teaches new punk lesson. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And it wasn't too far, too long after that. He went back to jail and he killed himself. And yeah. I don't know what his problem was, but he had a lot of them. Yeah. Well, last year in August, you reunited with uh, surviving original members. Was that the first time you'd play with those guys since the '60s? Yes, it was. It was, uh, of course, Joe Kelly. Mm-hmm. Uh, was dead and uh, Hawk no longer played bass he was a keyboard player we got him and he, he's going to um, write tell me something good and seven other songs in the top ten uh, as, a, as a keyboard player and so I had to use uh, I called the Shadows Now and Then I used the Now Band which I played with for 33 years Right. I used uh Greg Bucker and Mike Gottschall on the bass and guitar. And uh, it worked out that Tom Shafour, who was like the second, he was almost like lead vocalist of the thing, and he was very showing guitar, mm-hmm. I mean, on bass and, and drums and that. But he gave, started playing guitar, guitar only and not drums. So it was a little rocky, but it was fun. It was a fun thing. The Now Band did first hour and 15 minutes, and then band did 45. Oh, man, what a great night. It was at a big club. Uh, it helped 2,000 people. It was sold out. Now a seat in the house, and it was fun. Well, you, let's see, I did, the time I saw you was in uh, 2006. You were headlining a leg of Little Stevens at the Ground Garage, a go-go tour with the Romantics. Yeah. 
And uh, man, I just you were just fantastic. You broke the fourth wall, jumped off the stage, getting in, uh, bringing yeah. it to the people, bringing it to the people. That's me. That's me. You know, uh, that was the one thing that bothered me the most about having a stroke 15 months ago. I couldn't get out to the stage at first because mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure of my footing. But I'm back to invading the stage and uh, the, the people's area. So. Now, it's all over the place at Cunningham. That was a nice room. Uh, yeah. Well, so tonight, I, I think I, I alluded to this a moment ago, but you're, tonight you're playing as part of this year's Nuggets Night in Portland, Oregon. It's a two-night garage rock festival there, proceeds benefiting a local charity. Now, my own band, The Woggles, we play tomorrow on Saturday with the Loons, but you're performing there tonight with the Pandoras, all-gal band from Los Angeles. Yeah. And they do a version. Yes, I plan, that. I plan to interview them in depth. <laughs> did you know that they do a um like a gloria answer song called melvin instead no. of singing out g-l-o-r-i-a they sing out melvin m-e-l-v-i-n did you know that yeah All no right. I, I somebody told me that but i wasn't sure if they're right but i've worked with many girl girls and girl bands um there's a there's a girl band here in the late 70s, early 80s, and they were really, really good, called Bitch. And there was, I I traveled uh, all over North America and South America with them as their sound man and road manager, and uh, Uh uh, one of them's in a really successful band that's in town now called Kevin Lee and the Kings. And uh, matter of fact, uh, Patty just played me with me as bass player last week at Reggie's. All right, yeah. Because my bass player was at a wedding. Foolish man. Oh, uh. <laughs> well, I was thinking was uh, you guys, uh, they should get on stage with you guys and jam- you guys to jam on Gloria together and you could alternate courses of uh, Gloria and Melvin. What do you think? Yeah, we used to do it. Uh, T-O-M-M-Y. Tommy. Or Tommy Shavor. Uh, oh, that, wow. that, uh, that 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 bitched it. So I just uh, I'm not uh, into singing out boys so much, but you know, we're all right, right, it, right, right. If the if the situation calls for it, I can do it. Right. Well, Jimmy, thank you so much for speaking with me today on our coolest conversations. Cool. And say hello to little Stephen with me. I sure will. I'm ready now to get uh, people of Portland and all throughout the Underground Garage revved up for your performance tonight. Let's get them in the groove and ready to move with Shake. And I will be in the audience meeting people, whether I'm singing or not. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Excellent. All right, then. Here's a shot of the night doing Shake and Little Stevens Underground Garage. (laughs) 